0: Today we begin week one of a brand new message series that we're calling Traveling Light. I want to encourage you to go ahead and get your notepad. Some of you use a notepad. Others of you, you use your phone or your tablet. I want you to get those ready. I'm going to give you three prayers today that you and I are going to pray. I'm going to give you some scripture, and you'll see that on the screen. And uh, I'd like for you to go ahead and write those down. But I'm so glad that you're with us. As we begin today, I want to ask you a question. As you're watching this, and you can respond however you want, you can nod your head, you can raise your hand. Uh, Obviously, I can't see you. I wish I could. I'd love to see your response. But how many of you like to travel? You like to travel, you can nod your head, yeah, you like to travel, and uh, that's a pretty good deal for you, and I like to travel as well. I really do. I love to travel, and but I have to add this caveat, except for two things: two things about traveling, uh, as much as I love it, that I really dread, and i I dread waiting, I just. The waiting, waiting to clear security. And depending on what airport you're in, that can be a long, long wait sometimes. The waiting, the waiting that you have there. Uh, The waiting that you have when you're checking a bag. And the line, depending on how long that is, that can be another step of waiting. Uh, what about uh, when you get out to the gate and you're waiting for your flight? It's the waiting part about traveling that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, the other thing is, it's the whole baggage thing. Uh, you know, just lugging around the baggage and you know, you're don't always have the benefit of being able to travel light. great it, uh, when you're able to do that, but that's not always the case. And I'll give you an example. Uh, last month, I really excited about traveling, traveling to Illinois to see my grandkids. Now that's a trip that no matter what's going on, I always get especially excited about that trip. So I was going to see Kenley Landrick Brody, uh, going to see them, of course, brand and Nicole, but excited about seeing those, uh, grandbabies. And, um, I I was just, on this particular trip, I was just loaded down with baggage. Uh, I had a suitcase because of that trip. I needed to check a bag, and I had a decent-sized suitcase, and so I'm going to have to lug that around. Uh, Brandon and I had already decided that we were going to try to squeeze in a round of golf, so I have my golf clubs all in a big, big travel bag for golf clubs. I've got that. And uh, so I'm having to lug that around. I've got my briefcase because there's some things in there I can read and work on while I'm flying or sitting in a a gate somewhere. So I've got all of that with me. And my frugality gear had kicked in, and that does quite often, by the way. So I wasn't going to get like primo parking. I was going to just park far away. I was flying out of Tampa on this particular flight. So I was going to park in the parking garage, take the tram. And oh my goodness, with all of that baggage, briefcase, not a big deal. Um, just hung that over my neck, but then this larger than normal suitcase I would travel with and the golf clubs and I had to go from my car uh, onto the tram, from the tram and there's no curbside check-in right now to the check-in counter and I can't tell you how incredibly relieved I was when I checked that suitcase and those golf clubs and I was able to just turn it over and walk away from all of that baggage and leisurely walk in the direction of the gate. Now, that was a a really, really good feeling. It was an amazing feeling to be able to lay that down and just walk away. Now, a whole other story, and I'm not bore you with the details, but I was flying standby because I still have some traveling benefits with Delta. Crowded flights. As it turned out that day, I did not make a flight, but guess what did? I didn't make the flight to Bloomington, but my luggage did. And then I've got to figure out, and how do I get that? It was Baggage. It was baggage, and it's not, it's not always enjoyable. In fact, a lot of baggage will ruin any kind of trip. Now, traveling can be enjoyable and exhilarating, exhilarating even if you're traveling, traveling light. I want to share a quick story with you. I came across some time ago, it was five older ladies, and they were traveling light. Let me just share it with you. It goes like this, sitting on the highway waiting to catch some speeders, a highway patrol officer saw a car that was sputtering along, going 22 miles per hour. He thinks to himself, that car is just as dangerous as a speeder would be, so he turns his lights on and pulls the car over. Approaching the car, he notices that there are five old ladies, two in the front and three in the back, and they're wide-eyed, at least the ones in the back, they're wide-eyed and looking like ghosts. The driver, obviously confused, said, officer, I don't understand. I don't understand why you pulled me over. I wasn't going over the speed limit. What seems to be the problem then? Ma'am, the officer said, you should know that driving slower than the speed limit can also be just as dangerous as speeding. Slower than the speed limit? No, sir. I was doing exactly 22 miles an hour, just like the sign said. The officer, as the story goes, containing a chuckle, explains explains that 22 was the route number and not the speed limit. A bit embarrassed now, the the woman grinned, thanking the officer for pointing out her error. Before I go, though, ma'am, I have to ask, is everybody in the car okay? Because these women seem badly shaken, and they haven't uttered a word this whole time. Oh, she said the driver did. They'll be all right in a minute, officer. The problem is we just got off Route 142. So you can fill in the gaps in regards to that. They were traveling light on Route 142 quite fast. Well, we want to talk about traveling light Have you noticed that in life you generally pick up baggage as you go along the journey? We start out, all of us do, we start out traveling very light. And that's what we're calling the series, Traveling Light. And uh, we start out traveling light. I doubt when you were three years old that you had a lot of stress in your life. I I, I doubt that that uh, that was true. I doubt when you were a toddler that you were just lugging around a lot of baggage. Probably didn't happen. But then you grow older, we all do, and you go to junior high, and junior high, if you remember back, maybe for some of you, it's been some time ago, it's pretty easy to pick up a little bit of baggage in junior high, because junior high can be a tough time in your life, and then high school, and and maybe along the way, you pick up a habit or two, or maybe there's a failed relationship, or there's pressure at work, and all kinds of challenges. And you started out traveling really light, but along the journey of life, we may, it can happen to any of us, we may accumulate, and probably, by the way, has happened to all of us at some point, we accumulate baggage along the, line, along the way, baggage that was totally uh, unintentional. See, life just seems to happen. Life just seems to happen. And along the way, again, as a three-year-old, not a lot of stress. As a toddler, not a lot of baggage in your life. But between then and now, there's probably been some pain in your life. There's probably been some disappointment. Maybe for some of you, maybe for a lot of you, there's been an addiction that has just uh, been a nightmare in your life. Maybe there's been hurts. Maybe there's been handcuffs. Maybe there's been... Uh, issues with fear or anxiety. And the journey, unfortunately, it just seems becomes heavier over time and not lighter. So what do you do? If you're at a point in your life where you just say, you know what, Jeff, that's that's me. Along the way, it was totally unintentional. And even at times, I was, uh, so it was sort of subconsciously picking up baggage because of things that I did, decisions I made, or things that happened to me, or just circumstances in my life. Over time, I've just gradually picked up a lot of baggage, and it's heavy, and I've been carrying it around. And what do I do about that? And I want to just say to you, this is precisely what we're going to be talking about in this series, starting today, and uh, for the next uh, next couple of weeks. Because here's the reality. Here's why we need to talk about it. You and I get to choose. We really do. We get to make a decision in this. We can either choose, listen to this now, that we're gonna just keep lugging it around for the rest of our lives, or here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give it to God once and for all. And so to get us started today, you got your tablet ready, your Bible, and uh, I wanna take you to Psalm 109, and I wanna show you three verses here. This is David, and he says in verse 22, all of these are from the same Psalm. He says at verse 22, He said, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Some of you can already resonate with that one. Look at the next verse. This is verse 26. He continues, help me, O Lord my God, save me in accordance with with your love. One more, verse 31. Look at this one. For he, he being God, he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save his life from those who condemn him. And when David says these words, some of you, as you looked at them on the screen, you immediately begin to resonate with what David was feeling in his own life. It's like David is saying, declaring, something that all of us know what this feels like. David was saying, I've got a need. I've got a need in my life. His language was like this. My heart is wounded. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe that is so you right now. Your heart is wounded. Something has happened, a circumstance a betrayal. Something has happened and your heart is wounded. And you're like David, you're just saying, hey, my heart is wounded. I have a need. David said, I have a, a need. He he goes on in that next verse to say, you know, in actuality, I need some help in my life. His language is like this. Save me, O God, in accordance with your love. This is bigger than I am. I need help beyond myself. I need some help. Uh, he He then mentions, but here's what I'm doing. Even though I have a need and even though I'm in desperate need of some help, here's what I'm doing. I'm reaching for hope. Because in David's words, and you saw it out of verse 31, he says, for God stands at the right hand of the needy one. Even though my heart is wounded, even though I've got a great need in my life, even though I need some help, here's what I'm doing. I'm reaching out to the one that is able to give me the hope that I need in my life. And oh, by the way, he is standing right here beside me. In other words, what I'm going through, I am not going through alone. Well, since this is the intro week of this new series, I'm going to ask you to do something. Are you ready for this? I'm going to ask you to go ahead and name your baggage. If from this point forward, you and I are going to try to travel lighter than how we've been traveling, then I think it would be a good idea for us to go ahead and name our baggage. What is it? And maybe you're thinking, oh, no, I I can't do that. Because you know, Jeff, it's easier for me to live in denial concerning my baggage than for there to be admission that I have it. And oh, by the way, if if I just discount, if I don't even think about the fact that I've got baggage in my life, then that means I really don't have baggage, then, right? Well, obviously, it's not that easy. You and I need to name our baggage. Look at this next verse. This is Job. Uh, Job says, "I cannot keep from speaking." Look at this highlighted phrase. I must express my anguish. In our context here today, we're saying this, I I, I need to just go ahead and name what my baggage is. So I want to ask you, uh, what is it? What is the baggage that you're carrying around right now in your life? Um, Go ahead and name it. Maybe it's some emotional baggage and and, and don't live in denial. You're never going to help yourself or be able to access the help of God the way that God wants to provide it for you if you're always living in a state of denial. Name it. You know, God, some of the baggage I'm carrying around in my life is emotional in nature. Maybe the baggage that you've got is relational uh, baggage, and certainly we could expand upon that. Maybe it's habitual in some sense. Maybe it's some financial baggage, and you just feel like, you know what? I've been carrying this around with me for a long, long time. Maybe it's what i describe as the combo platter. It's not like it's one thing. It's like a collection of several things that are going on in your life, a lot of different baggage that you're just lugging around. And over time, not when you were three years old and stress-free and not carrying. Any baggage, but just over time you've accumulated more and more, and it's increasingly gotten gotten heavier over time. Again, this is intro week. Next Sunday we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this, and I hope you're going to be back for it. But what I want to do today for these next few moments is there are three prayers that I want to share with you that you and I need to pray. Three prayers that you and I need to pray. Here's the first one. First prayer. Be sure you get it down. God. I need you to renew my mind. If you and I are going to travel light, if you and I are going to cast off some of this heavy baggage that we've been carrying around perhaps for a long, long time, then here's a good prayer for us to pray. God, I need you to renew my mind. And the classic text for that, and if you grew up in church and you know your Bible pretty well, then you may know the classic text for this is actually what Paul says in Romans 12, In verse 2, he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Who's going to transform you? God's going to transform you. What's he going to transform you into? A new person. How's he going to do that? By changing the way you think. Look at that again. God's going to transform you. What's he going to transform you? Into a new person. How's he going to do that? He's going to do that by changing the way that you think. See, what Paul is saying here is so important and so relevant. He is saying this, in essence, any changes that are going to occur in our lives are going to flow out of the changes that God helps us to make in our mind and our thinking. Let me say that again. That is so important. Please, friends, don't just uh, idly skip over that. The changes that need to be made in our life, the changes that you want to be made in your life, the changes that God wants to become a reality for your life, they're not just going to happen. They happen because God helps us to make a change in our mind and our thinking. Please hear me on this. If you are carrying around baggage right now, and most all of us are, then the truth is going to have to replace the lies that you've been believing in your mind. I've got to say it again. Because maybe you reached out for your cup of coffee or your, or your you know, whatever you are eating, your donut, your muffin. You got to hear this again. You and I, if we're carrying around baggage, and I suspect that we all are in some degree then the truth is going to have to replace the lies that we've been believing. And we can believe all kinds of lies. Maybe you're watching right now, and the lie that you've been believing is this lie. You know what? I've gone too far. Jeff, I've just gone too far. Man, I've made too many mistakes. I've told God I wouldn't, and I did. And I said to God again, I wouldn't, and I've done it a hundred times, a thousand times. And you know, God is uh, obviously put out with me. I'm 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 gone too far. Listen, if you believe, listen now, that you've gone too far, then you're believing a lie. That's not the truth. You've not gone too far. Maybe you're believing a lie that you know what? I'm never going to amount to anything. You know what? I'm just not. I heard that. Growing up, you're thinking, and, you know, it was repeated by a parent, maybe both parents, and they just told me that, you know, I was never going to amount to much, and, and uh, I'm sorry that happened, but if that's what you believe, that you're never going to amount to anything, then, frankly, you're believing a lie. It's not true. If you always feel like this, you know, I'm always going to be in debt. I'm always, I've been in debt. I've been in debt for a long, long time. Isn't everybody in debt? I'm always going to be in debt. I'm always going to feel suffocated by debt. It's just my life. It's what I've meant to live and to do, then you're believing a lie because you don't have to be in debt the rest of your life. Or you're saying, I'm terrible with relationships. I'm just horrible. And you've had one relationship after a, another go bad and you're like, I'm t-. well, you're believing a lie. Just because you've had some bad experiences does not ma- mean that you're destined for uh, a relationship debacle the rest of your life. Maybe you're saying, I'll never be able to beat this addiction. I've tried and I'm, I've been clean for a certain amount of time and I've gone right back. I can never break this addiction. Well, if that's what you believe, you're believing a lie and you need to have your mind renewed and you need to know that God can help you to beat that addiction. Or you say, well, God could never forgive me of that. There's, it's just impossible. God could forgive me a lot of the other things, but not this one. Or the, how about this? I'll always struggle with anxiety. You know, I'm just destined to always struggle. You know, every person in my life seems to struggle with anxiety anxiety or I'm not smart or I'm not talented or I'm not likable on and on and on the lies go and here's what you've got to do you've got to ask God to renew your mind if you're going to get rid of some of this baggage you've got to say God I know you want to bring some transformation in my life I know that you want to move me to a different place how's that going to happen God you're going to have to help me to change the way that I think I love what Timothy, uh, Timothy Keller has said here take a look at this. And it's so true. He says, what preoccupies the mind controls the life. We'll leave that up long enough for you to get that down because that's something that's really important. And it's so true. What preoccupies preoccupies the mind will control the life. That's why we need God to renew the mind. And You know what, friends? And I've had to, you know, when I was a late teen, name my baggage, deal with that. I, I was growing as a new Christian, seemingly out of nowhere. I was blindsided by some fear and anxiety, and maybe another time I'll, I'll go into that, but just riddled with that, had to name it, had to ask God to help me in, in that regard. You know, by the grace of God, I'm so thankful that I've been able to move beyond that now because I just I made a decision. God. I don't want to live the rest of my life this way. This is heavy on me. I'm always worried about this or I'm anxious about that. And, and God, I'm either going to carry this heaviness around uh, with me for the rest of my life or I'm going to lay it down. God, please help me to lay it down. God, please renew my mind. Please change my mindset, the attitude of my mind. I, I want you to see two verses here before we go on to our next prayer. Look at these two. This is Paul again. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, To put off your old self. Again, we're talking about some transformation, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then he mentions this, look at this, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind. I want you to look at that. Have you ever thought about this before, that your mind actually has an attitude? It does, and so does mine. It's ironic, really. Do you know that your brain actually has a mind of its own when you think about it? And we've got to be made new in the attitude. Boy, I wish we had more time to talk about this, but I need to move on to this second prayer. First prayer is this. God, I need you to help me renew my mind. Second prayer, be sure you get this down now. God, I need you to restore what was lost. God, I need you to restore what's been lost in my life. I want you to think about that for just a moment. I, I know that it may be a little bit painful for you to think about But that may be actually the beginning of your healing. What is it that you've lost in your life? Maybe for you, you've lost your youth. You know, maybe you you just grew up in a home where you never really got a chance to grow up. You never really got to be a kid the way you should have been. You never got to have a normal life. And in actuality, I doubt there's any completely normal lives because there's always some dysfunction somewhere, always some baggage somewhere, always some challenge. But, But your life wasn't anything maybe close to normal and you never really got to grow up the way kids should get to grow up and you lost your youth or maybe you lost your innocence and there's been a lot of pain associated with that that you've been carrying around for a long long time maybe you lost your faith maybe at some point along the way because of just negative as uh, negative circumstance after negative circumstance you've lost your confidence maybe you've lost your joy Maybe you've lost your hope. I want to go back to the Psalms uh, for just a moment. Look at this one. This is Psalm 71 in verse 20. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter. I love this phrase. This is so hopeful. I've seen troubles. I've seen them. And then the psalmist says, but here's what you're going to do. You will restore, God, my life again. From the depths of the earth, here's what you're going to do. You will again bring me up. And what is God saying there? God is saying I want to restore what has been lost in your life. And maybe what you just saw in Psalm 71:20 is pretty descriptive of your life. Maybe you say, you know, that's 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 my resume. That's my bio. I've known trouble. I've known trials. I've known temptations. I want you to be encouraged in this. I really believe this with all of my heart. If you and I will follow God's way, if we'll do it God's way, here's what's going to happen. God is going to restore your life again. And you're saying, Jeff, no, not me. Stop believing that lie. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. God is going to restore your life again. God is going to restore those things that you have lost in your life. He wants to help you recover what is lost, what's been missing in your life. In fact, God always specializes in specializes in helping people to recover lost things check it out sometime on your own you can go to luke chapter 15 it's it's back to back to back stories of people that lost something a a woman loses uh, a coin and she's just turning the house upside down to find this lost coin A, a, a shepherd loses a sheep Ninety-nine are in the fold, but there's a a sheep that is strayed away. Uh, A father loses a son. One son stays at home, but the prodigal goes his way, takes his inheritance, lives it out. According to Luke 15, what Jesus says in this account is lives it out in righteous living. But eventually, what was lost is found. The lost sheep is recovered. The lost coin is found. The lost son comes back home. In each of these stories, friends, and you cannot miss this, there is a common motif, there's a common theme that can be found. When lost things, be it a sheep, a coin, a son, are recovered, a huge celebration always ensues. When lost things are recovered, I can remember a time, and some of you have heard me uh, tell this story before, when uh, Drew was nine years old, and I thought, nine, it's high time he go on a trip to a third world country, so he can see the way that most of the country lives, or most of the world lives. And so uh, we loaded up, we had a connecting flight, traveling, baggage, luggage, waiting lines. And so we had a connecting flight, we landed, and we landed in this airport in this particular country, and and, uh, went through customs, and waiting there and then we came out and there were some people that were to pick us up and we were going to spend uh, six or seven days in that country and so when we walked out here I am Drew's nine and we walk out and there is like a mass of people and immediately I'm like I'm, I'm thinking this we're never going to be found I mean in the middle of all these people the people that are here to pick us up and me obviously we've got to be picked up and um man you know how are we going to be found in the middle of all of this? And so I said to Drew, "Now, please, please, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, your moms, especially, take it easy on me. I just did what I thought at the time. Probably smarter now, but at the time, I thought was a pretty good idea. I'm like, they're never going to find us. We'll be here. They they can find us. We're just in the middle of this mass. So I thought, here's what I'm going to do, uh, Drew. And I turned some baggage, a suitcase, up, upright." And I asked Drew to stand on top of that. And I said, Dad's going to start walking through all these people. And uh, you keep your eye on me. And it, with you being taller because you're standing on a suitcase, I'll turn around. And, and I got further and farther looking. Can't find the people that. Eventually, I did. And then I'm looking around. There's so many people. I'm like, oh, and sort of momentary disorientation. And then I look, and I saw Drew, and I found him. And you talk about a, a glad heart. When I recovered a lost son. And uh, I'm like, well, he's never really lost. He just got out of my my range of view for a few moments. But I can tell you, when I saw him and made my way toward him, my my heart was joyful, and, and he didn't know what I was feeling. He was never anxious. He was fine. He could see me the whole time, but I couldn't see him for a moment. And when I saw him, it was like cause for celebration. And so I just hugged him a little tighter. And, and then I said something like this. Hey, let's not tell your mom about this when we get back home. Yeah, that's trying to cover my bases. When lost things are recovered, it's always a time of celebration. When you pray and you ask God to restore lost things in your life, what do you specifically ask him to restore? Maybe for you, you're saying, I need God to restore my peace. I need God to restore my fragmented marriage. I need God to restore my finances, my emotions, my relationships with my, chi- my relationship with my child that has become strained. I need God to restore my health. This is Jeremiah. I want you to look at this verse right here. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17. This is what God says. I will restore your health and heal your wounds. I will restore your health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. That's the second question. Our first prayer, it's not questioning question and prayer, is this. God, I need you to renew my mind. God, would you do that? Our second prayer, God, I need you to restore what was lost. Third prayer, here it is. Be sure you get it. God, please help me to forgive. I need to forgive. And I want to just say to you, and thank you again so much for watching this, but this, my friends, can be a weight. This can be baggage like no other. Just how heavy and burdensome is it to carry around bitterness? How how heavy is it to be weighed down with hostility or unforgiveness or grudge? Way too heavy for us to carry. Some time ago, I I was reading a book, and in it I found uh, these two paragraphs, and I'll just share them with you. This writer says, Imagine being assigned to carry a rock the size of a bowling ball around with you all the time. It's terribly heavy and inconvenient, But you can never put it down because it's a grudge. This writer goes on to say, we have interesting language surrounding grudges. We talk about them the way we talk about babies. You can hold a grudge. You can carry a grudge or or bear a grudge. He writes, we can even talk about nursing a grudge. But when you nurse something, you feed it that which will keep it alive and make it grow. And then pretty soon, this writer says, it is full grown. Grudges and bitterness and unforgiveness, it's way too heavy to carry around. I know what some of you are thinking, but Pastor Jeff, I just cannot let it go. I just can't. What they did hurt me, and I can't let them get by with that. I can't let them get away with that. I've, I've got to pay them back. I've got to get revenge. You know, they did lie about me. They did spread some rumors around about me that was totally untrue. They did betray me. I thought that they were my friend and they actually pretended to be my friend. And then, you know, they betrayed me or or because of them I lost my job or I lost out on some money or they took advantage of me. Please listen, friends. If that's what's happened to you, I am so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And furthermore, I know that the normal thing, the normal thing to do is to get them back, to retaliate, to even the score. But as we get ready to wrap up here in this next couple of minutes, I want you to know this, you are not normal. You are not normal. And I mean that in a great way. You're not. You're not normal because you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope that you will become a follower of Jesus. But Christian or not, bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness, it's baggage that you should not and you do not have to carry around. Why? Because God has promised to help you and Jesus has already done everything necessary to make it possible so you don't have to carry around that heavy, heavy weight, the baggage of grudges and unforgiveness and bitterness. I want you to read. This is our last verse. I want you to read this verse with me. If you're at a place where you can read it out loud, would you just read it out loud with me? Get along with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person. Why? Because the Lord forgave you. See, I know. I know. I've felt this so many times before. I've got to get them back. I cannot let them get away with that. No way, no how. That's the normal response. But we shouldn't be normal. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, and I want you to hear this so carefully, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are not expected to treat others the way that they have treated you. You're not. You are called to treat them the way your heavenly father has treated you. Can I say that again in case you missed it? If you're a follower of Jesus, you are not expected to treat other people the way that they have treated you. You're called upon to treat them in the same way that your father in heaven has treated you. How has he treated you? He forgave you. We've got to forgive. Why? Because we've been forgiven so much that we could talk about. Time is just for me. I don't know how it's felt for you. It's just ran away. So I want to close out our time together. And I want to speak to those of you for just a moment that you're not yet a follower of Jesus. And I want to just say this to you. Come to Jesus just as you are. Jeff, I've got so much junk in my life. There's so much. Man, you talk about baggage and dysfunction. And you talk about addictions. You talk about pain. And and I've just got all that. No, listen to me. Listen, come to Jesus just as you are. He'll accept you just the way that you are. Ask him to forgive you. And he will. He's promised. He's already made it possible because Jesus died on the cross in our place. Invite Jesus to come into your life, to be the Savior and the leader of your life. He's already standing right there. All he's waiting on is for you to say, come in, Lord Jesus, and ask him for help. And you know why he will help you? Because, you, because he loves you. But you're like, Jeff, I'm not even a Christian doesn't matter. Bible's clear on this, that he loved us long before we would ever reach out to him. And he loves you. And you can come to him just as you are. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him for help. And you can do that today. Those of you that if you are Christian, you can simply pray. In fact, we can bow our heads now and just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that there is baggage in my life and it's terribly heavy. Please help me. Please help me to renew my mind. Please help me to replace all of those lies I've been, I've been believing with your truth. Please God, restore the things that have been lost in my life. I really want and need a reason to celebrate. And please help me to forgive others in the same way that you have forgiven me because I really do want to travel light in my life. Those of you that are not Christians, you just pray that. Just say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Jesus, I come to you just as I am, just as I am. Warts and all, baggage and all, just as I am. And I need you to forgive me. And I need you to come into my life and save me and help me. And I know that you will. Thank you for receiving me today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So glad you've been with us in part one of this series. Whatever you do, don't miss next week. I promise, promise, promise you will not want to miss it. I love you, everybody. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.